up, guys? Welcome to our podcast, Talk That. And if you don't know who we are, then that's what this whole episode is basically going to be about. But I guess we'll kick it off with introducing ourselves. I'm Amanda. And I'm Natalie. And we are K-Junkies. Woo! So K-Junkies is our YouTube channel together, which we started in 2015. And uh, we actually have been dating since 2014. <laughs> I've had a lot of failed YouTube channels with like friends throughout my life since like middle school, <laughs> which was like a long time ago. And I had always wanted a YouTube channel of K-pop, but I was I didn't know how to go about that by myself. Like I've never I had never successfully started a channel by myself because it's kind of awkward, I guess. But uh, Natalie and I were so invested in K-pop as a couple that uh, we were just like, can we start one together? Yeah, we filmed in like, I'm telling you, like iPod touches, <laughs> really old cameras. Our first reaction, which I always remember is Miss A's, only you, yep. which was Miss A's last comeback. Yeah. <laughs> that was our first reaction. God, and that reaction is so weird because I know, I don't remember what camera we used, but I know the camera was propped up like on the edge of my bed. So it's in a really bad angle and it's kind of weird. And I know the reaction starts with me going. <laughs> and honestly, like, it's so crazy how far we've gone with this channel and like how many people support us. Yeah, we're not like a big channel, but we do get a lot of people that still like recognize us and tell us how much we mean to them and that they enjoy our reactions. And it always means a lot, even if we're not a really big channel. And even like besides the channel, because we don't only just do YouTube, like we do a lot of other things like uh, conventions and like fan meets, which I mean, we'll probably go into depth a little later about that when we talk about like getting into K-pop. But uh, basically we started this podcast because we would do live streams on our YouTube channel. And basically on those live streams, all of our subscribers kind of like ask us how we feel about certain things that happened in the, in, since the last time we did a live stream. And we'll just kind of give our opinion and we'll go into depth. But we're like, we really want to like do something a little more in depth. And I was like, why don't we just do a podcast? Because doing like big live streams for that is like a lot more <laughs> complicated for us. I mean, we've been K-pop fans for a long time. So we have a lot of opinions. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess we can go into that. So we've been, this is our 10th year into K-pop. Which God. is funny because we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other until 2013, but we both found K-pop at the same time. Like, I mean, around the, like the same exact time. Like, so weird. I think it was fate that we uh, <laughs> met each other. Yeah, we got into K-pop like the ending of 2010. Yeah. Essentially. And that's where we found, you know, like the main groups at the time, SNSD, uh, Shiny, Big Bang, 21 etc you know like second yeah. gen groups and that was quite yeah the magical how thing. did you find it like who showed oh. it to you <laughs> I, i'm asking you this because i've never i've obviously never heard this story before <laughs> yeah like so time so how i found k-pop well i didn't even find it myself my cousin showed it to me they were like hey you should watch this group it was snsd and I, I watched it and i was like oh like it's good whatever i didn't look at it 
for like months. Then months later, I go back to like G and O and I was like, oh my God, why is this so good? Like, why is this amazing? And then I kind of just fell down the hole with SNSD, 21, Shiny. Those were like my first groups that I really got into K-pop with. And then obviously like Big Bang followed and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Amanda, how did you get into K-pop? Oh, uh, thanks for asking. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, like anticipating this question. Just answer. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I started off as an anime fan, which Natalie also was an anime fan. We she were weebs. She didn't mention that. But yeah, I was an anime fan, had a Tumblr, dedicated to anime, and I had uh, like a grouping of friends on Tumblr. And one of those friends posted Shiny's Lucifer, like the music video on Tumblr. And obviously it came up on my dashboard. And the thumbnail is Taemin with those luscious locks. So I was obviously enticed. I had to click on it. A time. <laughs> I clicked on that shit. I was hooked on the first listen. I was so like, wow. And it's funny because like looking back, I actually had stumbled upon k-pop before seeing lucifer like i had seen abracadabra by brown eyed girls i had even attempted to dance but this was at the time when i was learning like j-pop dances and you know at the time i couldn't tell the difference i probably thought it was japanese and i didn't even bother looking into it i had also stumbled upon like a vocal cover of g-dragon's heartbreaker I also heard Wonder Girls tell me before I knew it was K-pop, and I thought it was Thai. Oh, wow. Because someone did a dance cover in Thailand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this must be a Thai song, and then... I yeah, at the time, K-pop. we just didn't know the difference. Now we can tell, yeah, obviously. But yeah, I came across that vocal cover, and I thought it was really cool, so I had seen... Then I had gone to watch the actual video. Again, probably thought it was Japanese. But I didn't actually take a deep dive until Lucifer... And I, like, learned the members, like, immediately. And I started just looking up all of Shiny stuff. And from there, um, you know, just started looking into other groups. And then, like, me and my Tumblr friends, we all got into K-pop together. So, like, they were really my only, like, uh, community at the time. But from there, you know, from Tumblr, I remember going to, like, anime conventions. And there was this one time that this trio performed at, at a panel. And they were doing K-pop dances. And I was sitting there like, oh my god, there's other like fans here. And it was the weirdest thing, but I was like so... Because I would obviously, I tried learning dances on my own. They were probably really bad at the time. And I had a, I had a couple friends in high school who I tried to get into K-pop. But no one, you know, got in, as into it as I did. And I even was trying to like get my best friend at the time to dance with me, and it, it, she didn't obviously take it as seriously as I did. So like when I would see this group performing at the, at these cons, I was like, I really want to do that too. And it was like a like years would go by, and I would see the group get bigger and bigger. And they were called GPK. <laughs> and um, dear lord, I think it was two thousand twelve. When I saw GPK perform as this really big group, and Natalie was in that crew. I was. <laughs> I really wanted to join GPK, but they had lived a little too far from where I lived, and I was only like 17 
or 18 at the time. I didn't have a car. Well, yeah, I was kind of the same. I mostly had my cousins with K-pop, and I would actually learn dances with my my younger cousin. And we were like, wow, we wish we could dance with people. And luckily, we, we found GPK at an anime convention. And going into that dance crew, we got into even a bigger community, which is called the South Florida K-pop community. We live in Miami, Florida. So when we joined the South Florida K-pop community, it was really small at first. Like the first family we ever had, it was at Tropical Park, which is a park around here. And, you know, it was just a bunch of weirdos. What is a fan meet? Oh, uh, well, a fan meet, if nobody knows what a fan meet is. Um, you know, it's basically just a meeting, a meetup with fans, like K-pop fans. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we would literally plan it ourselves. And it was just us at a park, a bunch of weirdos with the benches. And we had our, our K-pop blasting and we would do intro games. I mean, it got as the community started going bigger, like the fan meets got bigger. Like we would do them in houses. We used to do them in houses. Then we had to stop doing it inside the house because there was just so they many get people. So big. Yeah. And basically that community, I, I found some of the bestest friends of my life i found amanda through that community like if it wasn't for that community i wouldn't yeah. be with amanda so honestly joining that was like just a blessing because we got to do so many things as a group and it never felt weird because we had other people that liked k-pop like just as much as we did we all learned dances together we all played games like we would make up games icebreakers i mean you name it like guess the song <laughs> and it was just it was just a fun time like no one ever felt like weird about it because you know, at the end of the day, we were all into the same thing. Nerds being nerds. Yeah, we were nerds being nerds. Th- th- that's basically what we would do in the South Florida Cable community with our friends. And it was really nice. It was a it was a really fun time. I mean, now things are a little different. Like, we're not as involved anymore because, you know, when you get older and you have other focuses, you know, like, things change. But not even that. Like, the community changed a lot. It started thriving in 2013. It, like, we were trying to build up uh, the South Florida's reputation for K-pop because for them concerts because yeah back then when they would actually come to America for concerts it was only ever New York, LA, maybe Texas right it was like you had to travel which we did my first K-pop concert was BAP in New York and I went with Natalie and some friends this was predating yeah um, but yeah back then we had to travel. Like, I traveled to New York to see BAP. I traveled to Texas to see VIX. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to build up South Florida's reputation so that maybe we could get concerts here. And, like, man, we worked really hard for that. And we actually, now we are. Like, Miami is actually a location that they look like, at. I feel like our first legit concert was Block B it in was. Miami. Because, I mean, previously I saw Wonder Girls in Orlando, but that was, like, them with other people, and it wasn't really a Wonder Girls concert. It was really random. But Block B was the first legit concert we had in Miami, and that's when we kind of started seeing, like, other groups come. We had Top Dog, Bix, and then, you know, it's amazing to see, like, Red Velvet, Stray Kids, NCT 127 come here now, and it's like, you know, wow, we... We're actually being recognized as a place. Well, for we concerts. even like um, we had G Dragon. <laughs> yeah, but um, but when Block B came that same weekend, we were hosting our very first K-pop convention. Yep. In Miami, so like uh, there's a, a a local K-pop store called K-pop in USA. They're amazing. And they were originally just vendor booths, like at conventions, which Nally would work at. Mm-hmm. She, I, she had probably sold me K-pop stuff before we even knew each other. Yep. 
because that booth was at every anime convention. And it got to the point where, like, I started also volunteering for for them, and then they eventually started their own store. And then from there, in 2014, they were like, we are going to have a K-pop convention. And we had, like, a pretty big hand in, like, planning Yeah, that. we were, like, part of the staff and the planning. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was a really big deal for us because it actually had a really good turnout. And we planned that first convention in a couple months. Like in four months. It was like, it was kind of a hot mess behind the scenes, but it it was was really fun. Like, those were really simple times. It was a great turnout. And the second one was pretty good too, but we had one more. But we really worked really hard to put as much content. It was still really fun. It was really fun. We did have like YouTube guests and, and there was a lot of like fun panels. And, and it's like definitely a memory that I think all Florida fans like really, yeah, hold dearly because that was a really good time. And, but that was definitely when we were noticing, like, there's a big community here. Mm-hmm. And then we were getting concerts. We're getting concerts more often. Well, not right now because we're in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. But in a normal situation, Miami is seen as a normal, as a usual place. And it's crazy having witnessed it from the bottom. So moving on from that section, we asked our subscribers on our YouTube channel, um, you know, just to ask us some questions for our first episode if they want to know anything about us personally. So we're going to go through that right now. So the first question I'm going to read is, how did the people around you react when they knew that you were into K-pop? And this is by GS. Um, I guess by people maybe are like our family. Yeah, family and friends. They, I mean, they were like, oh... I mean, the thing is, we were into anime before, so I guess it wasn't really too much of a shock for them because we were already into, like, Japanese culture and, you know, Japanese music. So it was more just, like, us trying to tell them it was Korean. Like, you know, because we grew up in Hispanic households. So we're like, oh, los chinitos, you know, you're listening to los chinos. And we're like, no, this is Korean. They oh, no son, no son japones. No, no, this is Korean. But they still do it now. But, I mean, my family, they just kind of went with the flow. They They didn't really, like scolds me for it or like they judged me but not harshly i guess they just they were like you know what if you like that then go for it yeah i mean mine was kind of similar to um i feel like they, my family didn't really judge me too much for the anime because i wasn't i don't think i was as openly weeby as like you were especially music wise i don't even think they knew about like the music part ah. but like they knew i liked anime but we grew up me and my brother w- grew up watching anime and my dad would even watch it with us. So, like, that wasn't, like, too weird for them. But when I got into Korean music, yeah, it, they got they thought it was a little a little weird. And they were like, why are you idolizing them? And why do, they, why do the guys look like girls? Like, it, it was like that. And, yeah, like, they would call them Chinese. The same. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is the same, the same shit. And they thought it was a phase. And look at us it was now. a phase. <laughs> and now, 10 years later, they're like. Never mind. You're doing your thing. You're doing something with it. Like, I feel like they're more proud or, like, surprised that, like, we kind of made a thing of it. My my brother actually was happy I got into K-pop in the sense where, like, he did not like J-pop at all. He was like, oh, it was so annoying. So when I got into K-pop, he was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Sounds a lot better. But, yeah, that was the first question. So let's move on to the next question. Um, This kind of goes into the last one did you guys ever experience judgment for liking k-pop early on or even today if so how did you overcome these judgments that's from madeline yeah i would get judged for my family it was like whatever you kind of i mean we were teenagers and you know we were angsty so (laughs) 
obviously you would get mad at your parents and be like, you know, stop calling them this and blah, 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 and I'm going to like what I like. It's not a phase. But I would get judged at school for it, for sure, too. Like, I was pretty low-key about my my anime and my K-pop because I didn't really... I thought I was embarrassed because I didn't want people to judge me because it was weird at the time. Yeah. You know, besides, like, my close grouping of friends, we were all nerds. They, they liked anime, and I kind of got them into K-pop, like, casually. But uh, there were, like, the more the more popular people <laughs> in my school who, they never, ever said anything to my face. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know how people are. But I know I had a friend who was friends with us, but also friends with them. And he was all for the K-pop thing. Like, he thought it was interesting, and I kind of, he and I would, like, would listen to it and stuff. But he was, at the same time, making fun of me for it with the other people. What an asshole. And then I remember seeing a tweet once, like, of one of those girls saying something about shiny. Like, being like, ha, shiny? Like, what is that? Or whatever. And I knew it was about me. And I was like, I can't believe he was doing this, like, telling her shit. It was like, yeah, those are the kind of judgments I got. Like, you know, but but now K-pop is so normalized. Yeah. It's and anime more. is normalized, too. It's weird. It's a trend. You know, it sucks. We had to, we had to deal with this, and now it's cool. Everyone likes it. You go to Hot Topic, and there's, like, K-pop anime merch everywhere. And I was like, what the? Where mm-hmm. was this? Um, For me, yeah, I guess if we talk about school because we kind of already talked about family. But my friends were into it. Like, I had friends that were also into it that I got into it. And no one really judged me. I think I had, like, one instance where I brought an EXO bag, and one of my friends kind of made fun of it in front of the class. And then everyone was kind of like, ew. And then I was really upset, but he apologized after because he saw that I felt really bad about it. But I didn't really get judged. I wasn't like bullied by it or I just had a really good like group of friends and we all we were all nerds. So it was it wasn't really much of an issue. And anyways, you just kind of have to ignore people's talk, you know, with those judgments. If you love something so much, you just kind of have to brush what people say off because you don't want them to get in the way of what you love. Yeah because it ain't right but luckily we found the community so like all of our whole friend group ended up being that so it was so normal like it's a it's a normal common interest like no one judges each other for it and luckily like i found the south florida k-pop page right when i like was about to graduate high school so like all those toxic people that i was going to school with I completely cut out of my life (laughs) so i just i was just involved with k-pop fans after that we have two more questions for this section. Um, this one says, what was the first group you listened to and who were some of your first biases? And this is by Landon D. So we kind of mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Um, I said my first groups were like SNSD, 21, uh, Shiny. And basically like my first top biases was Jessica from SNSD and Taman from Shiny. Those were like my two ultimate biases at the time. So Shiny was my first group. And obviously, you know, Taman's look is what got me to, to be interested, but I fell in love with John Hyun. Like, he was my ultimate bias for a couple of years. And I still hold him very dearly in my heart. And then uh, I, I was a fan of Big Bang, but I think I was mostly like, it was like Shiny, FX, Amber being my bias. I, then I eventually got into SNSD, now they're my favorite girl group. Boa was a big one for me, and then I... In 2011, Beast became my ultimate group, and Jun Hyang became my my ultimate bias. 
All right. And last question of this section of questions. Any groups and or songs you guys loved at first, but then not a fan now? And this is by Luis Rivera. Rivera. I had to like roll my R's. I could not get it out without rolling my R's. Um, I think I that I think that happens a lot when groups tend to evolve or you start falling for other groups. You kind of fall out of certain groups. Like I said, Twenty One was one of the first girl groups I got into and I really loved. And then I kind of fell out of them. It happened with Big Bang too. I I was kind of like I'm not really into them anymore. I don't really like their style that much. And and now it's different. Like now it's like especially with them being non-existent in the K-pop industry anymore. Especially like Twenty One's disbanded you really miss them like you really miss yeah, those second gen groups and you kind of go back to listening to them and you're like why did i not like them again i'm because... exactly the same because when i got into k-pop i did like 21 i really liked big bang then at i think around 2012 i was like and eh, i don't really i don't even think i like them anymore and the same with 21 because i i was like a casual fan of 21 but then i was just like not feeling it anymore yeah amanda did not like 21 <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad but then like later on you know seeing you especially seeing all the bs 21 had to go through yeah. you start to be like shit man i i i wish i didn't feel that way yeah like and you then kind of... and then you kind of go back and i'm like man but all these songs slapped like i always liked these songs what was i thinking at least we at least we, we, went didn't, back. we didn't. At least we didn't stay like not liking them. Yeah, anymore. I went like, back to loving Big Bang yeah, yeah. when the Maid series. Came I really, out. really miss Twenty One and Big Bang. Like, especially being second gen stands, it's really sad when these second gen groups just kind of disappear after they were such big parts of your K pop journey. Yeah, and they're not there anymore. Um, this is kind of like also kind of with us with BTS. BTS is like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, a because when BTS first came out, we were like, I, I mean, I for one was so into BTS. Like when No More Dream came out, I was hooked. I had Jin as my wallpaper, and then I was switched to RM, and then Sugar. Like I couldn't pick a person. And then you know, uh, we are bulletproof, and then No came out, and that album is still one of my favorite BTS albums. Solid, still solid. And then I saw BTS at KCON 2014, and this is when, like, Boy in Love was out, and they did, like, uh, Attack on Bangtan, like, on the live, and it was like, oh my god. And then, you know, BTS started releasing more, and it was great. I Need You was a, a fantastic era. Run was a fantastic era. Yeah. Best era to me is Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Spring that Day. I- the You Never Walk Alone. Yeah. Was the best, because that was also the Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yeah, like, the repackage. Era. That era was iconic one of the best eras and then once dna started coming out i don't know it was like i felt like a kind of a shift and it wasn't really for me everything felt a little different after that yeah it was a little different and then when they started releasing more after dna is when we kind of fell out of love with them i mean there's songs in those albums that i'm still like hell yeah and i still get lit to like when it comes on like and we're kind of just like there with BTS. Yeah, we kind of grew out of them in a way. I mean, but that happens. That's normal yeah, to grow normal. out of a group. And then you can become a casual fan. Like, right now, we're kind of like casual fans, I, I mean, feel. But, like, yeah, I was the same. When No More Dream came out, I didn't like it. But, like, at the time, in 2012 and 2013, when the hip-hop concept was really big, I was, like, so against it. What? I didn't like hip-hop concept. But then, like, later, I would fall in love with those groups that did hip-hop concepts, like BAP, Top Dog, bts yeah but it's a funny because no more dream i didn't like but i loved we are bulletproof which is the same, the same era <laughs> so i don't know and i loved no when no came out I was like, Ugh, everybody yeah. say no everybody does not remember that song but like i do. yeah i i was a bts fan from the beginning as well and 
it's exactly the same timeline with yeah i mean yeah we, we're kind of already somewhat together like, <laughs> yeah we, we were already... we knew each other when bts came out so yes um but dynamite slaps so just yeah. letting you know that just letting you know right now dynamite slaps maybe in the future it might be the same when we're like if bts does become a little more military enlistment yeah maybe. like when when they kind of might disappear for a bit might start getting a little nostalgic like we did with big bang you remember when? but we'll see like it's not at least we're not like not anti we're not anti like some people like <laughs> we're just to... casual bts fans now we were not anti like some people but like yeah to that's make that's basically the answer to the, that question yeah so moving on i guess we can go into us us Ooh. how we became a thing essentially we kind of mentioned it earlier brushed anyways it. we brushed over it but yeah we started off as friends we were friends for a year yeah essentially like in the community we did the fan meets we went to bap together in new york uh we started hanging out a lot more yeah messaging a lot more we started i started getting into exo yeah so it was funny with exo <laughs> so what's funny with exo um amanda did not like exo when exo debuted and it was because the teaser era was annoying for her i was living through the te- as much as i was impatient during the teaser era i was living and when they when they came out with mama amanda was not into it i was into it i, I don't i hate man i hate looking back at like the things i was not into and i'm like what was wrong with her i was going through it yeah you don't like bapu it. it was the same like, year no nah, man mama slaps i don't know what i was thinking i think i was just annoyed with the fandom yeah which i mean so fandom I, I just made it associated with that and i shouldn't <laughs> i was young exotics i was we, young when we called ourselves exotics mm. which i was a part of that yeah, so then w- w- when Wolf was starting to come out, which I don't know why, but Amanda <laughs> fell in love with Wolf. And then she knew I was obviously a huge XOL. So then we started talking a lot about EXO. Like our conversations were just EXO this, EXO that. Did you read this fanfic of this ship? Oh. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and honestly, that's why we always talk about how EXO kind of got us together because it, it was because of those conversations about EXO that we started to develop feelings for each other yeah which is really weird but which was really weird because i i at the time declared myself straight i had no interest in women i mean i I guess i had kind of a curious face because i had a few like tumblr friends that i was like kind of unsure of if i liked these girls or not but i was like no i'm not into girls um but then i realized you know what it doesn't matter i think i like this girl and she just happens to be a girl so once i got over that i was just like okay we kind of tried starting to hang out but like natalie whenever we want to hang out like together natalie would always bring a friend so like because she was so awkward so so obviously that made me think she doesn't want to be alone with me because she doesn't like me you know mind you i was like 18 at the time (laughs) so we were just like was so confused and i remember we were at a convention and i wanted to like hang out with her but she just kept being like so shy and like not wanting to be alone with me yeah so i was just like fine i give up on this girl this was this is literally a week before we got together yeah and then a week later we got together (laughs) yeah and a week later we were at a a little get together and and it just kind of happened yeah but yeah that's basically the story it's basically the story. oh amanda and natalie we didn't even ask each other out it just no it just it was just like a mutual i swear to y'all we had like a fanfic moment it wasn't even i'm not even playing with you like we shared the same um sleeping 
scenario. Ah, you know, like, those, there's oh, like, one there's bed. There's only one bed. <laughs> <gasps> that was basically our situation. And, and then it just kind of happened. So, yeah. And then here we are with a YouTube channel together. Mm-hmm. And which I, we already talked about. Yeah, which we talked about. But I feel like our dynamic is what makes this channel work. I mean, we live together. We basically share, like, almost the same opinions because we don't share the same opinions oh, wait, all the we time. We didn't include a really important thing about us. We're engaged. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, we were right. like, yeah, we started dating this, that, whatever. But I proposed to Natalie in Jan- January of this year. So, yeah, now we're an engaged uh, YouTube channel K-pop couple. <laughs> Not lesbians, by the way, because some people think yeah, we're straight we up lesbians. Yeah, we are uh, pansexual. Yeah, we're pansexual. So, let's uh, jump into these other set of questions that we get. This one is a frequently asked question we get all the time on our channel and it is are you sisters or friends and this is by jisoo bp no we are not sisters and we were friends i mean you know you're still friends with your significant other like your significant other is like your best friend i feel but we are an engaged couple what's something your viewers would never guess about you by cassidy um we're a couple no (laughs) we're not sisters we're not sisters (laughs) well amanda's really short Oh yeah, that that's that's what I was gonna say, right? People think because I'm the more uh, I guess boyish one, people assume I'm tall or I'm taller than Natalie. And if you watch our videos, we're we're standing next like very next to each other, and we look similar heights because Amanda's in heels and I'm in yeah. in flip flops. Because if I'm not wearing heels or like a, a, or if I'm not standing on something, I'm gonna look really small, and yeah. it's not gonna look good in the video. But I'm actually four eleven. That is how tall I am. Yep, and I'm 5'3". So I think a lot of people don't know that. And then for me, I guess maybe people would never think I love horror movies. I'm very, I'm a very soft person. I'm very sensitive. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. But I fucking love horror movies. And anytime we grow out of friend's house and people are like, what do you guys want to watch? I'm always like horror movies basically she wants me to not sleep that yeah i also love watching serial killer like murders kind of stuff like criminal minds or like things about criminals i don't know i don't know why and then i get paranoid but i just so it's so good um all right the next question is what k-pop songs would be on the soundtrack to the movie of your life as a couple and why are they there and what moments do they represent by doug that's a loaded question yeah i don't know if we'll like answer it perfectly but yeah like, I was trying to think. I only thought of, like, two things, yeah. but I couldn't really think. But uh, the first one, uh, and we thought of this f- a few years ago. Years ago. Um, that we would tell each other, when we get married, I want our wedding song to be Shiny's You. Nothing can stop me from loving you. You. Yeah, it's that song. It's on the Ring Ding Dong album. Yeah. The Year of Us album. Yeah. And that song, it's just so, like emotional and sweet and i felt like i don't know i just i would think about amanda when i would hear oh, that song i know it's very lame. really yeah i mean that's, that's why me. we picked our song <laughs> is that so you i didn't know that was why because i like i've always loved that's always been one of my favorite shiny songs oh no i and i remember just being like can i just be your wedding song i know it's because you also associated it yeah with i associated it with on you. your own yeah yeah so i feel like that's why it's an important song to us and shiny is one of our favorite groups so and then the next song um, we picked EXO's Been Through because that song, it's also very emotional, but in the sense of like, you know, going you're going through a lot and you're trying to like get through it and it's really hard, but, you know, you we have each other. 
And that's that plays a lot a big part of our lives too because there are things that we go through and it's very tough sometimes. But luckily, we have each other that we help each other get through these things. Because I feel like if I didn't have Amanda, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like my whole outlook on life would be different. Yeah, if I didn't have you as a partner, because you're not just my romantic partner. You're like ride or die. You're my partner in everything. Like <laughs> ride or die. Everything that we do is together. together. Like, yeah, our channel, our the events, our friends, too. our friend group. Yeah, like things would we would have completely different friends, different hobbies. Like things would be so different yeah. right now. Our living situation would be different. Like who even knows? My my emotional and mental stability would be different. Mine, mine too. I would probably because I was severely depressed, and I I was starting to learn how to handle myself more when I started dating you because I had you as like a distraction, in a way. Mm-hmm. So God knows, yeah, how severe it would probably still be. Yeah. Oof, we're getting uh yeah, we're getting, getting deep into steamy. the feels. That could be that could be another conversation. That could be a different podcast. That could be. And then I guess we don't have a really happy song, but um Talk That by Secret. Uh it represents is... our new podcast. Yes. Uh no, but I'm trying to pick a happy song. Okay, let's just pick VIU. I love you, 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 you beautiful my because I love Amanda so much. Yeah. So Beast VIU. Beautiful my girl. My girl. My girl. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, so we'll just pick Beast VIU as the other song. Stan, highlight, Stan, Beast. All right, so thanks for sticking around if you're still listening to this (laughs) point. We hope we are entertaining you with our background and you learn a lot of more things about us than just what you see on our YouTube channel. So we're going into like the last leg of this first episode about getting to know us. And this is very important because it's basically us taking our love for k-pop and our hobbies and like expanding it to things that we probably never thought we'd be able to do like when i started learning dance like k-pop dancing with my cousin in our small ass bedroom you know we just thought we would just be doing this in our bedroom and we would just be lame like that and we wish we could dance with people and then when we joined gpk um it opened a whole new door for us because we were dancing at conventions. We were performing for intermissions. It was just so like weird that we got to this point where we were like dancing for crowds and people were cheering for us. Yeah, maybe we weren't like perfect, but it was still fun. We would have practices and it kind of gave us something to do. And I and Amanda also went through that experience of having a group and performing mm-hmm. in public. And it's just weird how you get to that point. Yeah, there's like stages of the groups. Because like she had GBK. Then I started my own dance crew, and then that was a hot mess. And then we <laughs> kind of revamped that crew to another crew and added people, which also didn't last very long. And then when I started dating Natalie, I, I was just like, I don't want to be in a group anymore. She kept doing her GPK stuff. I was trying to dance by myself, and it was, it was really hard to be motivated to dance by yourself. So I was in GPK for six years, which honestly shocks me that... I we were uh, we, that crew lasted as long as it did with the amount of like member changes we had. Yeah, and then you and I started dancing together. Yeah, we started dancing. We as started K-Junkies. Da- dancing as K Junkies on the side because she was still dancing with GPK. So we started doing covers on our own channel, and then later, which was a little more recently, like the last three years. Yeah. I joined GPK. Yeah, which is funny how Amanda my, Amanda wished to join GPK in the beginning. Dream, my dream true. of being in GPK came true oh at one my point. God. Yeah. It didn't I was only in GPK for like a year and then GPK disbanded. 
that's fine. You were like young but I was G there. from Caro. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was exactly. <laughs> she was the young G from Caro, like there for like a couple of performances and, and mm-hmm. releases and then disbandment. But in between and after, me and Nally started just strictly kind of being a duo, mm-hmm. performing at conventions, entering contests, winning contests, yeah, which is like which is a crazy big achievement us. for us because, you know, it's like we've been doing this dancing thing for a while just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And it was like so, so rewarding to, to see your efforts, especially as a duo. It's really hard to make uh, dancing as a duo look good because people love full groups. groups. Yeah, It's great. It's I a think great we, feeling. I think we just have a, a chemistry since yeah. we obviously are a couple. So like dancing together just kind of flows naturally. And a lot of people seem to like it. And yeah, we perform together as K-Junkies at conventions now. And it's just like a whole new experience. And it's great it's fun it's it's easy it's more it's definitely less stressful than dancing in a group <laughs> yeah even though we do uh sometimes dance with our other friends skinny to do yeah to do like more full group stuff but those are just like little side projects but but me and Natalie strictly just dance together and now we're more active like on instagram dance community and such so we're, we're kind of we're still kicking there even though there's no performing happening right now also with k-pop um we mentioned traveling and k-pop honestly like it's it's just the main factor of why we usually travel i mean my mom is always like wow you've gone to so many places and i'm like yeah it's because of these concerts like we've been to la chicago texas new york etc and we won't we we travel because of these concerts because you know when they're not here in miami and there are groups that we love like exo shiny you know etc we have to go travel for them it's like, all right, well, let's do it. And sometimes our friends also go. KCON is another reason we we travel a lot because KCON, you know, is a really fun convention and we love being a part of it as normal people. Yeah, but I feel like K-pop has given us the motivation to like travel and I love it. Like it gives me a reason. I go to a concert, but I also get to explore a new area and I feel like it's cool that I don't know, that K-pop gives us that drive. I just really like the next step is traveling to like Japan or Korea to see one of the big concerts. Yes. That's a dream. Yes. Right there. Hopefully. We really want to do that. Hopefully one day. Um, Definitely not now because it's pandemic, but that and we have to plan our wedding. And then, you know, K-pop also just has us planning fan meets and having panels. I mean, that's something I also never thought I'd be doing. But being with Amanda and, you know, Amanda's more of the editor aspect and I'm, I guess, more of the hosts <laughs> aspect. But we work really great together, so we what before the pandemic happened we would do panels at conventions we would host fan meets at k-pop in usa the 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 local store that's in orlando now and yeah it was just cool because we got to plan all these things we kind of started becoming more i guess a little bit more maybe known ish pretty known as like that duo that hosts the K-pop that stuff. That hosts the K-pop stuff. And, and and that's something we really want to expand on. And we had a lot planned for this year in regards to that. But unfortunately, that all got canceled. So we're hoping that will eventually happen because we had a lot of fun stuff planned. Yeah. Like new things. We'll see where it goes because we, we have big ambitions because we love like hosting like interactive k-pop stuff you know keep the community kind of like doing fun things together because i mean there's a lot of uh toxic things i feel like especially at like kcon sometimes they have like types of panels that aren't really super interactive they're like so 
dance-focused, and not everyone likes to dance. Or not everyone, like, yeah. You know, and I just feel like there needs to be more of, like, K-pop-related things that everyone can relate to, and it has to be in a way that everyone can play and everyone can, like, you know, watch and and that's kind of what we like to focus on in our in our panels. Mm-hmm. We do like game shows mm-hmm. and like underrated spotlight. We talk about underrated groups at panels, but um, yeah, hopefully next year maybe we'll see how this whole thing turns out. But hopefully we can do those again because those are some of the best times we have is preparing and and entertaining people, you know, and like getting to talk to all these people and just showcasing things. And then they always tell us how much they enjoy our panels. And the effort that goes into it. So that always makes us really happy. So I think we're reaching the end of the podcast. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy how like when you talk a lot, you know, time just kind of goes by and you're like, wow, we've been talking for this long. So we have one last question by one of our subscribers. And the question is, have you ever thought of moving to Korea? By Bakirk? Bakirk? (laughs) Bakirk. I feel like when you're a young K-pop fan... Just like when you're a young anime fan, you're always like, I want to move to Japan. I want to move to Korea because it's so much better than where I am now. I mean, being older now and being into this K-pop game as long as we have been, um, I wouldn't necessarily want to move there and live there permanently. Yeah. Because I just think it's just, it would be too hard to adapt to, honestly. In my case, like, I wouldn't want to go through all that. So I would love to visit Korea, of course. Like, that's one of my dreams to visit and be there for a certain amount of time. Yeah. To just explore everything and, and indulge in the culture. Not just the K-pop music, because that's not all that Korea is, obviously. But just, like, the food and, and the locations and, and everything. But I wouldn't move there. Not like, permanently, there. for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, even young, as a kid, I've always wanted to travel the world. I think that's the Sagittarius in me. (laughs) Wow. So uh, I've always wanted, and I think now especially too, I really want to maybe live in different places for a bit, you know? Because, I mean, you got your whole life. And, like, it might as well try to, to, to see the world. And I would love to live in Korea for a short amount of time. Love to live in Japan for a short amount of time. Other countries too. It's not just Asia. <laughs> yeah, like you I wouldn't mind going to Spain. Like I, I, I would just love to do that. But when I get my my shit together, you yeah, know? when we were one financially, when so. I when I you know figure out what I want to do for sure, and I'm sta- stable enough to do that, that's something I would love to. Do. And you know what? It's okay to take your time to figure out what you got to do because some people just takes time to figure their life out and that's okay but yeah so that kind of wraps up this first episode of talk that i hope you guys found it entertaining to get to know us more and like everything we've been through as a couple and little details that you wouldn't be able to know otherwise besides this podcast and you learned a lot about south florida's k-pop community yeah as well (laughs) that is also true yeah like you learned a little something even if it it wasn't just about us but uh it's just a little introductory episode before we dive into actual k-pop topics so with this podcast what we really want to do is kind of dive into certain parts of the industry and the music and you know the fans and like scandals basically what people always ask us in live streams it's going to be very been like intimate and just more into depth about what we feel about those things because we can just go on and on about it we've seen a lot we've seen the biggest shift of k-pop 
from 2010 to 2020, things are very different now. We we've seen the the highs and the lows, the underrated and the and the popular, the senior, the the rookies. If there's specific topics that you want us to talk about, we do have a Patreon page, and there is a tier there for our podcast, and you can get like benefits for the podcast and a say in like episode topics. Mm-hmm. If you're into that, definitely go check it out. Patreon.com slash KJunkies. And also check out our YouTube channel, KJunkies, of course. Well, I would hope that's where you you, you mostly came from is our YouTube maybe, channel. Maybe, but you might, I don't know, maybe people, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're sharing it to your friend. Yes, please share this to your friends and spread the word so we can keep doing this podcast and talk more about stuff because we really just, you know, just want to talk as if like we're all just k-pop buddies talking about things going on in k-pop thank you guys for listening and we hope to see you in the next episode yes bye